Did you lose? <coughs> did anybody lose me yet? No. No, you're still on. You're still here. I don't know. Don't last touch time, anything. last time I did this though, you kept fading out. No, but I, I just have just remind me not to mess around with the plug, the mic. Don't mess around with the plug, the mic. I can mess around with the headphones, not the mic. I'm falling as I'm falling asleep with this technical jargon. Ay, tu primo colorado con barba capurada y llena de ballena inclinándose al sol. De un rayo de luz roja besando nuestra boca. El beso que te sopla shh, huele a alcohol. Tu trego lunares extraterrestriales entran cuando sale. Por eso no se ve nada. Tu barba colorada atraviesa y rebelde. Me afecto con espada. Wow. Don't worry. This is what we do every single time. All right. All right. So, can we get started? Yeah. Welcome to Split Screen. Welcome to Split Screen. Am I supposed to say it too? <laughs> you have to introduce yourself. I thought you were going to introduce yourself. No, we're not introducing. Steve. I'm Steve. And I'm Ernie. And our, yeah, and our guest today and is... <laughs> She's going to introduce herself. <laughs> and our guest today is Nalita. Who are you? Yeah, who are you? <laughs> I'm Ernie's cousin. And my third cousin. Dude, let me tell you, when I first met Steve, I was like... Well, I was I was like, my cousins. I didn't know how to introduce Wait, my like, cousins. Wait, when did, when was Steve? this? Yeah, when was this? I'm really curious no, now. No, okay, no, 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 no. It's not when I met. It's not when I met. It's Steve when you remember him. No, no, no. I met Steve before I like we knew people, and I introduced myself. Like that was in college, but I met Steve before that. Yeah. The first the time Indian I can thing. remember is the Indian camp. Yeah. Basketball. Mm -hmm. I was on your older brother's team. Yep. How do you guys remember that? Is that camp at Camp Sana? We, Sana. We beat you guys. Sana. That was at Sana. It was you and Edson and I had like, I don't even know who was on my team. It was me. I had to carry the team. Didn't you have your bro? Didn't you have no, your no, no, no. I'm no, falling asleep no. again. <clears throat> All right. Let's talk about You want to just get it? Are we going to get into it? Yeah. <laughs> well, we okay. Wait. Well, why did we? What were you guys talking about? I don't remember. No. Before. No. No, we're not. Listen, the reason we have Nalita on, one of the reasons is we've been saying for a while that we needed more female voices on the pod, right? Especially since we wanted to discuss things like since Me Too. Since we're talking about entertainment and Me Too, yeah. Yeah, we, I mean, we wanted to talk on, like, sexism and... Yeah, you, you can't know, really that have kind two of stuff. Guys. But it, yeah, yeah, it wasn't gonna make sense. I mean, you can have two guys. <clears throat> you can, but, yeah. But then just, we have. It, you're missing a perspective, right? And so, it's I mean, not that we don't want to necessarily put the. <laughs> you don't have to carry the weight for your gender. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's just. <laughs> but um. But but anyway, we wanted. And we're in a group chat. We're okay. in a group thread that we basically yeah. have our own pod and inside this group chat it's the pod yes. inside the pod we've already had a lot of contentious discussion oh right oh are we gonna bring these That's up true. Or are we gonna just continue or are you gonna move no, to yeah well we pre-potted we did we did pre-pod yeah um i mean there's a lot of different things to discuss the things that i think i mean that we were thinking of bringing up here was the thing i was kind of interested in was representation mm -hmm. you know especially when it comes to racial and gender representation in movies and television sure. um i've been thinking i mean i think i thought about this a lot after i mean especially after like the oscars so white which was like three was years ago years i think right right yeah, like where, you know, no people of color won any major award, no 
movies featuring people of color won any major awards and so the hashtag kind of blew up on twitter and then the next year like moonlight won and like marshall ali and like you know that like, was <laughs> that was the year after that yeah that was the year after that's why everyone was so angry at La La Land heading into the Oscars before they had even. Are you sure it's that year or the year before? Yes. I don't yes. even. I I feel like. I know. It's such I a blur. The years. I don't it's even. It's a blur to me too. I don't know anything. <laughs> but I, I mean, I don't the general like... principle. Sure, sure. Was yeah, that, I, I, I followed you know, that more there's... than I have followed any movies and what you. Yeah, but you know we, because you know, you have lots of thoughts on these topics you do and you're feel free to you know you express your opinions freely you so know, we, now it's a sent to interesting uh chart what would it, like chart yeah little statistic yeah that was that kind of deals with what you're just talking about representation and it had right. it had the amount so, of so it was yeah, the words. Go ahead, Nellie, you can explain. Well, it was a chart from, um, so men speak most in best picture winning film. So it's a proportion of words spoken by characters with more than 100 words. So it has like right. 1993 yeah. to 2016. And Ernest pointed out there are two movies, or two years that are not on this list. But, um yeah. I mean, regardless. But basically, of them there's a huge proportion that discrepancy between, right. yeah. Even right. in the movies that feature, yeah, like right. that are million about dollar females, babies. million dollar babies, not million. right? <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, even like uh, those, um, like Mocking Jay and uh, those movies so what's with that what's her you name? guys know about that test right what's it called the bechdel test yeah i've heard of that okay so the bechdel it's where test. you have to have at least two named women who talk to each other about something other than a man or other something. than a man and it's right. interesting because the bechdel test started as a joke but then when applied you know showcased some major discrepancies and it yeah i had yeah, go ahead. I don't know well, what this test is. So, well, it kind of started with, I can't, I, I don't even know the history behind the Bechdel test, but I think it started as two people that just went and saw a movie and they were just joking around like, you know, does this even happen? And then they started just like applying this test and then it became like a phenomenon. Like people started trying to apply right. this test to movies or television shows to see if, yeah, I think Steve, you outlined it correctly two women yeah. in a scene that are named. Yeah, two women who talk to each other, but it's, like, not about a man. Right. That's basically it. So okay. then movies are given a score based on it, or if they okay, pass so the they Bechdel applied, test Okay, so they not. apply this to movies right. as well, like yeah. how they, yeah. Yeah. And okay. I think and I, was, so... I was reading somewhere that more movies in the 70s passed the Bechdel test than now. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. Which I think is really interesting. I, I wonder though if how many, uh, how much of the men's dialogue. Yeah, I was wondering what's like the inverse that, of the, you know, like. Yeah, I wonder what that would be, because there's so many movies where the movies are about male female relationships, not necessarily romantic, but you know, in family settings or whatever, and so it seems like. Most of the time when we talk, or you know, like, or there's dialogue in movies, it's regarding other characters, you know, or, or it could be. That's like a common topic. Wait, so I I'm can confused. see why. No, I'm just saying, like, you know, I'd be interested to see what the inverse of the Bechdel test is. Like, how many movies of where like would men it be the same? Like you, you just mentioned the '70s. It's like. In the seventies, movies were, I guess, less passed, or they they passed that test more so than movies now. So, like in the seventies, we had a big increase in movies that like, and I like the chart I was looking at. I'll see if I can find it and sending to, send it to you guys because the chart I was looking at was really interesting because, um, 
like there was this increase in the 70s and then a decline in the 80s, a little increase in the 90s. And I, I have to like send it to you because I think it's really interesting to what, see. Did they have like a reason why the 70s? Well, I, that's the for... thing I was trying to figure out. Like they were showing the movies that they, I mean, I'm, I'm curious about if it's on the, you know, the back end of the feminist movement that has a profound effect on, you know, yeah. movies and stuff. So when Steve's always bringing up the Me Too, what is it specifically about the Me Too movement that you want to get well, Nelly to? Well, I think the thing that we had talked about before is the Me Too movement. We had talked about before, like kind of how, you know, like there seems to be a lot of people that are getting caught up in the like, me too like in the hashtag me too movement and they range in their offenses from like you know like the grotesque and Im illegal to the yeah. like you know is the, like people debating whether this is just dating faux pas Aziz. right like right like Aziz. Uh, Aziz was not a dating faux pas was it well, I, I want to know well, Nelly's I mean, thoughts on Aziz's situation. I need to know more about it. Wasn't it like he was... Wait, well, what exactly happened? Let's find out exactly what happened before I have an opinion about it. So, I mean, you would probably want to read up Yeah, on you had to read it because, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it it's pretty goes into detail. The woman's account of... Of what happened yeah. during a date, you know. So, and are it was, you saying that the Me Too movement is too broad? No, I'm not saying no. that. I'm just saying that, like, a lot, like that's the that's the hashtag. That's the like common phrase that's being used yeah. to like label everything. And when well, we label things, sexual harassment, right? Yeah. But mm -hmm. when we, but when we label things, it, there's a lumping that takes place, and in the minds of people, it can be. You know, it can be easy like if to something like is of... gets lumped into it, maybe if it doesn't necessarily. It's not like at the extreme level at something else, but they're lumped in together. Some people right. view them as the same, even the though same. they're not. Right. Well, I mean, I think we have to talk about what the purposes of the Me Too movement is. I mean, I mean, you. I guess. I see it as bringing an awareness to, mm -hmm. you know, to these things that previously was kind of dismissed, silenced, disregarded. Yeah. Yeah. And right. I mean, if we're, I mean, it's not just sexual assault, it's also sexual harassment and sexual harassment. Like if you look at title nine, sexual harassment is, I mean, it's really the things it covers is really broad. It's, I mean, right, right, yeah. And and I think there's a lot of people that feel really uncomfortable with that because they're like, well, I can't do anything. I can't even do this at work. I can't even say, you know, someone looks nice about this or someone's outfit looks nice on them. That's sexual harassment. And so I think a lot of yeah. people feel yeah. frustrated about that because they're like, so I can't do this, but I'm all of a sudden clumped with this guy that sexually assaulted someone. Mm -hmm. Right, and so I think there is, I can I can understand why someone doesn't want to be clumped with someone who is sexually assaulting someone, but I think the thing about it is if we're talking about like when we talk about like rape culture, we're not just talking about people who rape people. We're yeah, talking right. about mm -hmm. the broader culture that then protects rapists, and also then. Um, create silence around it so that when women don't feel like they can go and report this to the police department or something right or we talk, no, we talk about like bro code or toxic masculine or whatever the thing about it is that like when we talk about like sexual assault we have to talk about yes the person who is section sexually assaulting someone but we have to talk about the larger context about the environment in which this kind of thing thrives Right. I mean, yeah, I think the pendulum has been so far the other way for most of history that we're seeing so, like a, a course correction 
you know, and it's the such other a way. major course correction that Correct. I think people are going to feel uncomfortable with male and female. So okay, so you're, I mean, you're talking about like, I mean, you kind of we're talking a little bit about like rape and some, like I think the girl that Aziz was talking about, like to her in some ways she was kind of describing it as that kind of situation, and I didn't. I mean, it's interesting to know, like, I mean, for one girl, that could could be that. For another girl, it maybe it was. Like, I don't know. it doesn't matter about what it is for one girl or another. You can be having sex with someone and consenting to it. And then in the middle of that process, if you say, no, I'm done, the other person needs to be done. Because it's not about, I mean, like, there's so many things that can happen within that spectrum of time that you don't need to, like, break down for a man. There might be physical discomfort. There might be all kinds of things. When you say no, it needs to be no, even if you're in the middle of a consensual exchange. And I think that's really hard for some people to, like, wrap their mind around. Like, but you start, you were into it, and you were, yeah, but then I said no. Right. And I honestly, I think some of this has to go back to the way our dating norms are, where Mm -hmm. men are expected to initiate the entire dating process. And so, you know, I honestly feel like that just that alone where we, you know, society, whatever the way we have had it set up for however long time is that men are expected to like ask the females out and to like initiate basically every step of these things. And I think as time goes on and there's more parity in the way that dating process is, I think that that in and of itself may start resolving some of the consent issues just given the way that I don't think it will. You know, like I don't think it will. I mean, I think it'll help. Well, the reason I don't don't think it will is because I don't think the issue is just that there's a huge burden on men. I don't think that that's... Not that there's a burden on men. I just think that in relationships, like, men are the ones that are expected to, you know, ask the female out. Right, but how does that... But how does that create Well, that's where... And that's where the... That's where the, like issues of harassment and stuff like that kind of play in because well but harassment is you different be, than you, asking someone on a date at an appropriate well, time you're in an office not, working and a female is doing her work and about right. her business in a professional capacity and you coming up to her in her workspace and saying hey do you want are you interested in going on no wait till after well i don't think wait till i don't think they're done I don't know if that's how all these situations play out, but I'm saying in that area, there's a lot of possibility for mistakes to be made when you're having to like figure out how to approach someone or how to like let someone know you're interested. And, you know, that's just inviting, especially if, you know, not everyone has great social right but Steve, mistakes are not the same as harassment no but i think some of that can no but sometimes mistakes are harassment okay i mean sometimes a mistake to one person is harassment to another correct okay okay and that's harassment but here's the thing and i understand what you're saying that there's not a restorative component to it but we've been restoring men for hundreds of years I'm not saying restore men. I just think we need parity, I think, in that there process. Is no, but there is no parity for women. Right. That's why I'm saying, like, we should, there should be, we need to get to a place in society where we're okay with women and going up to men and initiating that when they're interested in someone Except and not that you the know expectation that being the other way around. But technically, you know that harassment isn't just male sick i mean like there are there are right and i'm not saying this is the solution this is not the panacea i'm just saying that this is one aspect where i I think there could be a course correction i know but i just think it's like the wrong focus 
Like we're we're talking about the Me Too mo- movement where there's been mass allegations of women who have actually silenced themselves for years because there was not a place where they could go for this. And what we're talking about when we're talking about the Me Too movement is how we can help men. I mean, come on. Like we got to if we're going to change course, well, we I'm have not to talking about the, helping energy. men. I think that would be more helping women. No. Cuz helping would that women help men? is just Why would that help why would that help? Because you're saying that it'll take the pressure women off of to... men. It'll take the pressure Why off of men that from making mistakes. Take the pressure. Right. Why would you want to put all the onus on men to be you the ones put the the is that every no, relationship? The, pro- the problem is that there is no onus. There, ha- or I shouldn't say there is no. You just onus. said that. You just said that the pressure's on the men. So no, I don't saying... understand why that would be an issue to like have it more parity in the entire dating process wait i'm like why would that be a like an issue as far as like it's not alleviating men of anything i sorry i understood what you were saying is there's a burden on men to approach dating and so we need to have women also be able to approach men so i was not a burden it's just it's the fact of dating is that men are expected to approach women. I think the expectations... For the most part. I think the expectations on women in any sort of situation is far greater than any... But I'm saying, like, women are constant. You go to any bar, any club, anywhere, women are the ones being hit on constantly, right? And it's annoying. You constantly read articles and descriptions of women who say they get these unwanted advances from men who are you know maybe they're just like interested but the women aren't there for dating or for whatever but men are coming on to them and asking for a phone number uh, just making casual conversation well, and i but, think you know I it's an the, the and thing, that's annoying but the thing that in we society have to be, the thing we have to be clear about is Sometimes, like, yeah, I hear you. Like, okay, men are going to make mistakes or this and that. I think the problem is sometimes is that the no is not believed. Like, if you're in a situation and the no is like a challenge. It's like a. Yes. The no is like a, no, I'm not interested. And then it's like a, oh, come on. You just, you know, and it's it's just not believed. Or like they're playing hard to get kind of thing. Yes. I think that's that's true. Okay, okay, but is there ever a time where that is true? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, I mean, you're saying it doesn't matter. If someone says no, you just need to respect the no. If they're playing a game with you, you don't want to be involved with that person anyway. So, like, I'm just I'm reading Michelle Obama's autobiography. She clearly tells Barack Obama like no. (laughs) You know, like she was like, I mean, she gave pretty strong signals that she's she told him like straight up, I'm not dating right now. Like I'm focused on my career. I mean, granted, they were in the same workspace like she was the mentor. He was like the mentee. But like eventually, you know, like whatever things turned around for them. So, you know, I don't want to I wouldn't want to like create a like there is situations, obviously, where people have said or have given the hint that they're not interested. Yeah, I mean, I David but, and I David and I know. started like that. I mean, like he he for the first several months of us dating, I was like, "No, I'm not interested. Actually, I can't do this." And then and then I come back to the table and I'm like, "Okay, actually." And and it's interesting so, I mean, because that's at that it's... point, but at that point he could have just cut me free and be like, "No, you're all over the map. I'm done with you." Yeah, you know, like he he well, he was he had the capacity and the ability to be done with me, and wh- every time I was like, no, I'm not interested. He respected that, and he was like, okay, but then he'd be like, but he what he respected about this? that and came back. Well, he said, well, what about <laughs> this? I mean, or so, I, I mean, right. no at one point doesn't have to mean no at all times, right? right? But I do think right, and and if you say no, and the other person is like, okay. And then there, that kind of shifts the responsibility of the person who said no to then be the initiator again, right? To be like, okay, actually. See, but that's what I mean. But I don't know. I, that's the like thing. But that's just like human relationships. <laughs> but I don't. I don't think that's the norm. What? I don't think that's. 
I don't think that's the norm for if someone says no, that then, then they the become the expectation person is that they're it. the ones that are going to initiate again. Like, and the thing is, is that, well, but that's the these thing, things are that so the norm is shifting and it has to shift. That's, that's what we're saying. No, now. I, no, I agree. I, it should be. I think that's right. Like it should, if you were the one that said no, then you should be the one that initiates. But I don't think we're at a point yet in society where that is the norm. I think that's where we should be. Right. I just don't know if that's where we are right now. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So, I mean, it's, I agree with, you know, like I've been like, uh, it's been interesting for me, like, especially after like the Brett Kavanaugh stuff, um, you know, and now with the things happening in Virginia, uh, yeah. with the lieutenant governor yeah. and, you know, um, it's just been interesting hearing, like going through the process where you have these people, the <laughs> accusations are made. It's like, you want to believe you know, people who are making accusations like, you know, that they you want to give them the benefit of credibility. But then you also don't want to live in a society where the accusation is the end point, you know, like you do want some maybe in level a, of burden I, of proof. I understand that in. A, yeah, sure. In a legal situation. Right? But in Brett Kavanaugh's situation, that this wasn't a court of law. Right. I mean, which is it wasn't. So it's kind of like, I mean, I've been struggling with. I have no struggle the, with Brett Kavanaugh's thing. I don't think he should have. I, I don't know. I forget even like the accusations, how he behaved in this hearing was unconscionable in my mind. So, well, yeah, I mean, that if, aside, he, if his behavior was different, how would you feel? I still would feel uncomfortable, but I would understand why, you know, people supported him for his legal expertise or whatever. But I would still feel uncomfortable with it because what I mean, she has no skin in the game. Like, right. I like there. She. I mean, I believe her whether you believe her or not is not like whatever. But how he behaved and how the other members oh, during I mean, the hearings yeah. behaved was ridiculous. And no, I agree. I don't want to necessarily relitigate that. Right, whole and thing. I mean, but like, I just wanted to talk about it as far as from the point of like accusations and survivors, yes. and you know, these assaulters. I just think. I just think that. Historically, we, as a, I mean, we've just been awful with accusations. I mean, just, I mean, I, you so, know. So, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I, we live right You know, here. with the, uh, with the, um, there was, this is the recent entertainment, the, who's the guy from Empire? Oh, yeah, Jesse Oh, Jesse Smollett. Yeah, yeah. I know you guys are talking yeah. about a little bit, but like, I mean, Usually when something comes out, like your public opinion, like will, will go one way even before all the facts come out. Yeah. But I mean, I just, I have such a, I have such a problem with people talking about how Jesse Smollett set back the movement. And I'm like, really? Because we've been treating LGBT folk and black men horrible for a long time. And we have one person that is caught up in this unresolved story and now they've set the movement back you didn't even believe in the movement if you think this person put a chink in it i don't think he's set the movement back but per i mean se, that's but, like but that's like the conversation but, like look what he's done but i now will i will say this what was interesting to me was looking at the instant reactions like everyone has to give their opinion as soon as they hear something and it it's kind of like the kids that were those MAGA hat wearing kids at the Lincoln yeah, Memorial. Yeah, right. Like it's kind of like as soon as they see something or hear like a one liner, everyone's takes come out right instantly based on your political or where you f right. f this, find a, yourself. We have a litmus test. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's like you want to believe that MAGA hat wearing people beat this LGBT guy up and you're like, wow, that totally goes with my, you know, my preconceived beliefs of what a MAGA hat wearing person would be like. And the same thing with the kids. I had like a really long discussion about this um, with a friend about how. I was initially, when I heard that story about these kids, you know, surrounding this, you know, uh, veteran, uh, Native American, and, you know, saying build that wall and all this other stuff, I was like, whoa, like, that sounds terrible. Like, that's, but totally in the, what I conceive of when I think of high school kids from Kentucky, right? Yeah. But then when the whole story came out, it was a lot different, and it really... It made me like realize like so much of our politics and so, everything wait, today wait. is being can I is just, so reactionary. Well, can I just backtrack on and that? And it's so, not based off like the letting all the facts unveil themselves before we give our opinions. Sure, but and it's such. Did that shift your opinion completely, or did you still feel like they were out of line? I felt like <clears throat> this is what I felt, and I felt like it shifted it. Maybe not. It wasn't like I shifted it to where I'm like, you know, so like, oh, these kids were like done wrong or something. But I'll say this. A, they're kids. So I instantly. Given the way I know how people of that age operate. Right. I already give some modicum of benefit of the doubt for behaviors that are not fully developed you know and and maybe irrational and impulsive and whatever second it's like these kids and another thing is is i don't like lumping so say like three or four of them said something bad but like the other 70 of them (sighs) were just largely you know whatever they were chanting their school chant or whatever um i don't i'm not gonna say like the lot of them there was a big issue with them, right? Like a few of them, yeah. A few of them must have may have said something or done something that was out of line. Sure. But I put the onus of most of these situations on the adults. Right. Usually. I can, I can and so, agree with that. And so I felt mostly like liberals, and I consider myself a moderate, though. I mean, I guess nowadays a moderate is like a liberal, but... You know, like, um, I considered people who were, like, anti-Trump that were pretty much on the, like, what? wow, they, they these kids were out of line. Even National Review, like, wrote up an article pretty quickly and said, like, these kids were out of line. And then after all the facts came out, it was like, hold up, this dude, like, walked up to them and these, the, like black Israelites that you see in DC all the time, like we're goading everyone on and and, yeah, I don't know. Like it just made me think like we jump in like head first into every little political, any little situation that gets put into the national spotlight. We immediately like get into one camp or the other. And I've just like personally have just wanting, have been wanting to like step back. Mm-hmm. Like a lot from politics and just be like, let me just see how things play out before I put my two cents in. I don't think you you're know? stepping. I, I don't think stepping back from politics is the answer. I think stepping back. From I mean, media the, from the news is, cycle, right, from the news right. cycle. That's what I mean. Like from the day, like I'm definitely I, I keep tabs on stuff, but I'm just stepping back from the like from the conversations that I feel are dominating political discourse. And it's just like. We talked about those Covington kids for a good week. And it's like, what? What? How is that important? How is that incident on the... How is that an important national topic of conversation? Like, why are we talking about it? There's so many other things happening in the world (coughs) and in the country we could be talking about. But instead, we're talking about these kids from Kentucky who are on a field trip who got into it with some... Native American banging a drub and some black Israelites who are always yelling at people in D.C. Like, how is this something that we have to have a national conversation about? And I think part of me was like, I wonder how many of these kind of incidents I 
happen every day that I get sucked into that I'm like making a comment about and I'm like, I don't need to. I don't need to comment on this. I don't need to think about this. It's not important. I know where the big picture is. I don't where's need to get big, caught up in where's the, the big picture, Steve. I mean, the big picture politically for me is is just like get the vote out. <laughs> That's the big picture. Vote. Let's find ways to get people out there voting on the issues and in, in their interest. Not caught up on the day-to-day of what Trump said or what he did in some meeting or, you know, what outlandish thing he did next. I mean, that's playing into the that's playing into the game. That's, you know, I don't know. I To me, that's I've just been so I just feel so hands. I was so into commenting on every political thing. And now I just feel really <laughs> I feel like I'm just so sick of it. Nelita, Nelita. Yeah. What gets you to comment on something? Let's talk about this. Um Yeah, you're a, you're a rare commenter I, at least on know, social media. I, I yeah, used yeah. to I used to comment a little bit more. But um I think first for me was self-care. <laughs> Like, I just, I'm seriously, like, I just, like, I, like, when I commented on stuff, I would just get so heated, and it, like, not just heated, it would just, like, I would be thinking about it, and be looking up research, and I'd be, like, trying to understand perspectives, and I realized, oh, no one cares this much. No one's doing, no one, no one's coming to the table with this, with this kind of investment, and I'm, like, literally wasting my day trying to have a reason you were trying to have these good you were trying to have good faith arguments right and it's not happening on social media people weren't reciprocating so i i like i've actually shifted where i put my energy on social media like i kind of was just like i just was done with social media for a really long time and then i was you know i my training is in education you know i have a history degree and then i got a master's in education and i was kind of over education also like I just didn't feel like it it went against my grain and I just didn't like it didn't line up with me and I was trying to figure out like okay what do I do now like this is what I was trained to do but I don't it doesn't line up with me and I randomly started following an ABAR educator anti-bias anti-racist educator on Instagram and interestingly enough like it connected me to other other educators that were ABAR educators or trauma-informed or trauma-sensitive educators. And, it, like, all of a sudden, social media became a completely different place for me. And mm-hmm. I actually feel like I use it. I use Instagram probably a lot more than Facebook. Facebook, I, I'm on there because, like, family members are on there. And, right. like, I a lot of, like, aunties and stuff will comment on Facebook, but they won't be on Instagram. But yeah. as far as my like social media energy goes, I have like really specific You're about the gram. I, yeah, and I feel like it's like my professional development. Like I've gotten so like what like what I focus on and like webinars and like conferences I've gone to has been like I've gotten information from Instagram and it's weird because I I went from being like this really hostile like intense person on social media and like I couldn't I'd get really wrapped up in it to now like I feel like I have these really interesting discussions and this so you're having them on Instagram yeah Yeah. and I have this whole different world on social media that's like uh, like when people talk about about social you're about that you're yeah. about that gram life. Yeah. Well, but the funny thing is like how like when, you know, I, you know, I teach junior high and when they talk about how they in, interact with Instagram and what they're doing with Instagram, like that's, you know, oh, I had this really goodness. interesting yeah. discussion with my students the other day and I said, okay, how old oh, you do you should watch? To, you, need to, you need to watch eighth sex, grade sex education. What? Watch eighth grade. What is eighth grade? It's a movie about. Eighth, eighth like grade. an eighth grader. Oh, it's on. It's it's on Amazon Prime right now. Okay. I feel like junior, yeah, junior high. Well, I was. It's like we had this conversation in my class where I said, "How old 
should you be to have a social media account? And they were like, you know, tell me different ages. And then some of them were like, actually, I think I, you know, when I got one, I think I was actually too young to have it. Like, I don't think my parents should have let me have it. Like their, their views on it were really intense. And then I said, how many of you think that adults use Instagram in a responsible way? And no one raised their hands. And then I was, it was really interesting because I was like, okay, so we've already established that some of you like are on the fence about when people, what age. And now we've already, we've established that adults don't use social media in a healthy way. So what, what does it look like to use social media in a healthy way? And what does that, you know, and so then they were like, well, you need to be confident person. You need to have self-regulation. You need to be, you know, you have to be you have to have self-control so they were like listing all these qualities and I was like well how do you develop these qualities and I realized that the reason I can use social media now in a healthy way is number one I feel like it's not my primary entertainment Mm -hmm. there's a really specific purpose I have with it and I don't feel like it enters my life and holds me in the same way that it did before like Mm -hmm. I just and I, I don't, like, I think about all the things that it, it wasn't a conscientious effort to not have social media be this thing. I just started getting interested in other things in my life that were important to me and putting energy and time and commitment into those things. And then when I found that there was a community on social media that valued those things also, it like, social yeah. media became a different thing. So it's like you found your... You found like you a, found a nice subgenre. That, yeah. yeah, you yeah. found like a, a micro community right. in social media. But I do that... think like we actually have to be about something in our life outside of technology to then have technology support that thing we're interested in. Right. Does I that mean, make sense? I, I think there's, well, you know, uh, social media and technology is something that comes up a lot in you know, child and adolescent psychiatry. Oh, yeah. Because we see a lot of kids with, you know, we're seeing like an uptick in anxiety disorders Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And some of it correlates with increased use of, you know, uh, social media, basically. And the thinking is that there's, there's probably a lot of research going on right now, but the thinking is that, you know, a lot of the social media stuff is not good for kids' mental health. You but know? the interesting like, thing is they are not seeing adults use it in a healthy, responsible way. So we put all this, like, effort and energy. Oh, I don't think talking. it's it's not good for anyone's mental yeah. health, mm-hmm. probably. I mean, you think of the way political discourse is just completely yeah. devolved in the last 20 years. You know, I'm sure it's only been... Uh, exacerbated by Facebook and Twitter. You, you know, know, I'm really... We just can't... I'm, I'd be really... You're really what? I'd be really interested to see how whenever we've had a new technology, whether it's newspapers or, you know, the radio or a television, right. anytime we've had a new technology that has allowed more access to information and what that does to our national conversations because i think i sorry go ahead so i've I, this is actually a good i like that that question i feel like i've thought about quite a bit and i was kind of i because i was i feel like the same line of inquiry into like how social media is destroying the fabric of society was also brought up when um, radio and television came up. And I feel like we will eventually like, you know, whenever something new comes out, we're just Mm -hmm. sort of figuring out like, what are the boundaries? What are the rules? What are the guidelines? What kind of things do we need to put into place to keep this thing manageable? And I think because it's so new, we haven't figured that out. And honestly, I feel that same way about the Me Too movement and just bringing it all the way back around. Like, I feel like we have these rules and it's maybe it's catching some people that it maybe, you know, it, it shouldn't catch. Like, they're not fully in that category, but then it's definitely catching some monsters. And, you know, some Aziz is like, well, I'm not like Harvey Weinstein. And like other people are like, hey, I'm not like Cosby and whatever. But, you know, 
this is all like a process of we're all just figuring it out. Like, I feel like eventually we're going to like Wait. seesaw and we're going to figure out like where exactly the lines should be drawn. And it's OK if it's messy right now. Like, Wait, it's I'm, fine if some people I'm are fuzzy getting on caught up in. I'm fuzzy on what you mean by this. What do you I don't know how you wrap that into me, too. I don't know how you wrap it in there. I'll tell you how. I feel like anytime there's something new that comes out, right, like a new technology or we're coming up with new rules for how we want our society to be, there's going to be bumps, right? There's going to be some we like you said, we've had a time in our history where basically everyone who has. Uh, been accused usually has like a lot of things going for them you know the they're in a male-dominated society the all the institutions of power are firmly behind them and so many people got away with doing horrendous things for a long time so now we're we're now we're in an era where there's pub social media public shaming um people can get called out um, and so but in some no, ways, some people are getting called that. out, huh? There's been a huge benefit. To yeah, there's that, a benefit. Though. Yeah, there is. And yeah. I'm saying like, but some people are definitely getting caught up in that, that maybe don't deserve to be caught up in that. You know, not everyone that's being accused has done what they're being accused of. Okay. Right. But most but of them the have a public and, opinion. Is that kind of where you're going with this? Well, I'm saying that it's okay. I'm saying it's it sucks for the people, for the innocent who are people who maybe not did anything. But for such a long time, people who were guilty were going away scot-free, right? So yeah. now we're having a course correction in society. And we're trying to figure out where it is. Where does this land? Where does... um. Louis C.K. fall in this? Where does Aziz fall in this? Where does How you know, like, you where are Louis these C.K. and Aziz in the same camp? Because Louis they're all getting like, complete. They're all totally getting out of line. Lumped in. He was totally right. Out of line. Yeah, some people feel that right. Some people, some people, that way about some Aziz. people felt that way about Aziz. You got to read about Aziz. Um, but I'm saying, but there's a lot of people who so feel wait. like there's these things are not so none of guys, these things are all equal. So, but. It, I, I feel, I'm saying the public shaming is good. What? I don't know how we got there. I'm confused how we got from the last thing we were talking about to this. <laughs> I'm, so I'm just saying too. the same thing with social media, right? Like right yeah, now there's a okay, tendency right. to like want to demonize social media. Like, oh, this is a bad thing. Right, it's right, terrible. Right. It's right. tearing everything apart. But we can't. There are, there's thing value is, is, in there's value in it, right? right? There's yeah. value in the same I way. I think bad. there's yeah. a lot of value I mean, a, a in the Arab Me Too movement. The Arab even. rising could not have happened the way it did. Right. There's like there's media. good things that's and like, bad things that's that are coming. Like a lot of things, though. Right? But, but I we just, have I start. Don't, I don't see how there is the Me Too movement. Your criticism of it is, in my mind, not. It's not. I don't that's know. A, it doesn't line up with me. I'm not so you don't think I'm not criticizing the movement. You don't think that people that are being accused wrongly is like a bad thing? Oh no, I think it's horrible when people get accused wrongly, which is why that that it has to be like there has to be like a you know, it has there has to be some sort of like legal investigation to figure it out. But and I think I'm not even saying people I think it's hard I'm because even... what we're saying is that reputations get ruined before you even get to that point. Yeah. Right. And I think that's, I mean, I I think that's like sad, you know, I think that, but I also think it's part of the learning curve, which, so I'm okay with so it. So I, I guess degree. what, what, then what are we talking about then? So I'm just saying, I feel like all these new things that have been coming about, I'm giving them leeway to breathe without putting judgment, too much judgment on is me too, too restrictive or is it too open ended and everyone's getting caught up on it. I'm OK with all of it. We are going to figure it out. Okay. People will figure out where the lines are the same way. Social media like is evolved. But, but I don't think but I don't think uh, you can, you're ever going to be able to put put it anything in lines. Right. I mean, I'm this is my I'm giving you 
my bottom line. I mean, I'm coming in asking questions for the pod, but I'm yeah. giving you my take <laughs> on it now. You know, like this is. I just think you guys have a much more take. sympathetic view of people that could be falsely accused. And now that's kind of shifted in the conversation. And I, I yeah, you're right. I still I need to see what's happened. Like, I need to see what I, happened with Aziz. But what I'm hearing from you guys is you both sound like you feel like he was wrongly accused. That's the sense I'm getting. Wrong. Like, no, I think no, there's a degree. Can there's accuse, degrees. Yeah, there's yeah, degrees. I feel like he probably did something probably not good. But does this mean he shouldn't work again? Right? Like, should he... How long should he not work now, right? Like, how long does he got to be out of the public square before he can re-enter? What are the rules? We don't but have the rules. He, who's saying he shouldn't work? Just because you do, just no. because you do something and you were a comedian and, you know, people are like, oh, right. okay, we don't like what you did. Doesn't mean you can't get a job. Why are we so no, coddling of celebrities that, oh, so we, sad, R. Kelly can't yeah, sing yeah. anymore. I'm not sad. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sad about No, that. but like no one's saying that, but we're saying there should be a time where you have to step out away. We don't want to see you <laughs> so soon, you know, like we want you to take a break and reassess the things that have happened and come back with some public statement addressing those things right like we want as a society these people who we know we can't get justice in a court of law because yeah. you know for whatever reason these things happened a long time ago or they don't really meet the legal statutes but they yeah. were improper behavior anyway like you know we want we want some kind of we want to see these people be conciliatory you know, to some yeah. degree about the things that are we want some kind of synthesis of what happened and before they can re-enter and just act like nothing happened. You know, you guys, how did um, you even how do you even get here? We started with representation. <laughs> I have all my notes here. <laughs> this is how the pod goes. This pod, I was I don't know where it went. Special thanks to Nellie for coming on the pod. We will bring you guys the second half of the conversation because, yes, it does go on for another 40 to 50 minutes. Uh, for Ernie, this is Steve. Peace. Down me.